This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong, and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week on the show, we're going to be reviewing the recently concluded All England held in Birmingham. Ultimately, it was a lackluster campaign from the Malaysian contingent with just a semi and quarter final spot, while the rest were knocked out from the tournament early on. As per usual, we're going to break it down and analyze each category, each discipline with sports journalist Nicholas Anil. As a whole, I think there is still a lot more to be improved. Uh, there is still a lot more to be fixed. And if I were to rate the entirety of the performance of the national contingent, um, I would say I, I would label it as average. Uh, simply because, apart from Lizija, who reached the semi-finals, um, he was the only representative to have progressed the furthest. Uh, the rest of the shuttlers all crashed out in the early rounds. Hmm. And, you know, as we all know, Malaysian, uh, Malaysia is a huge badminton playing nation, be it on the professional skills or on the social scale. And if you uh, just um, look at the level of interest garnered as a whole, uh, the level of attention and interest of badminton uh, especially among Malaysians, is extremely high. You know, mm. It is still one of our top spots in the country. Yeah. So uh, the sport is followed widely uh, on an international stage. You know, you have so many people, um, you know, who watch the matches live. If they can't watch the matches live, some of them are even, you know, resorting to watching live scores, you know, following updates on social media pages. So interest level is always high and there's always a certain level of expectations when our shuttlers go and compete in tournaments, especially the All England, yeah. where, you know, looking back at the history of the tournament, we have always performed well, mm. uh, you know, be it through Lee Chong Wei or even the men's doubles, um, you know, there's always been winners in different categories. So uh, on the on the basis of that, I say it's been a very average performance uh, from our national contingent at this year's edition. Mm, average for sure. Uh, but you have to talk about one of the biggest upsets and one of the biggest highlights uh, from the campaign has to be uh, the other men's single shuttler, Enzi Yong, in his All-England debut as well, you know, beating heavy favourite and world number one, Victor Axelson, uh, the 23-year-old, really showed maturity and battled all the way to rubber set, taking it to 23-21. Ziyong got knocked out in the quarterfinals. I mean, he could have gone further, but he'll be leaving England with his head held high, wouldn't he? Oh, yes, definitely. When when this matchup, you know, came about, I I personally just wanted Ziyong to go out and give his best. Um, And, you know, essentially, I think badminton fans were treated to one of the best matches that took place this year. At least for me, it was an exhilarating 69 minutes yeah. which ended in sweet, sweet victory for Ziyong. And it was thoroughly deserved, you know. Being dominant in the first game uh, with with the wind drift, you know, uh, uh, for him, you know, he took advantage of that, uh, got the 21-15 win and then Axelson obviously stomped back uh, to take the second game rather comprehensively. Hmm. But it was in the third game that that Ziyong's calmness uh, and gameplay really stood out, you know. Mm. Um, he he could have been impatient in so many of those rallies and he knew 
uh, that if he were to play to Axelsen's strengths, which is by pushing the shadow to the backcourt, is going to result in an Axelsen attack, uh, which is going to cause him a lot of problems. So, from what I noticed, you know, he, he he just kept playing consistently at the net, and that gave Axelsen a lot of problems. Yeah. And eventually, when it came to crunch time, I think he saved two match points, two game points, and came away with a priceless win. And, you know, it, it was such a huge testament uh to the calmness, to the composure, mm. and to the perfect uh, game plan that was executed uh, by Ziyong. That victory obviously took a toll on him physically because in the uh, quarterfinal match, he got beaten in straight games. But bear in mind, he got beaten in straight games by the All-England champion, mm-hmm. Li Shifeng. Mm-hmm. So, no shame in losing. You know, it was a great experience, I'm sure, for him. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, positives that he could take away from from this tournament, and I'm sure everyone is just uh, uh, anticipating uh, better and bigger things from him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, composure, especially for that such a young age, right? He played with almost no intimidation at all. He didn't worry who his opponent was. The opposite side of the net. Um, he's still one of the rookie players at 23 years old, um, but he's pretty much Malaysia's number two in Malay uh, in men's singles. Yes, he is, um, and it's a good thing, you know, that uh, we have. Uh, some sort of a depth in men's singles. Yeah. You know, obviously, if you look back ten years ago, Chong Wei was the only one carrying Malaysia's hopes in every single tournament. But now we have two promising young shuttlers who are both, uh, I would say, indirectly competing against each other to become, uh, you know, Malaysia's sort of darling. Um, Zijia obviously is is still the number one Malaysian player. But mm. uh, Ziyong's progress has been very, very encouraging mm. uh, since the start of the year. I think uh, Zijia leaving BAM has also been a blessing in disguise for Ziyong in the sense that more attention has been given to him. And even National Coaching Director Wong Chun Han came out and said that there is no harm in paying uh, Ziyong more attention if we believe in his qualities to deliver for Malaysia at the highest stage. And that's exactly what's happening at this point. Mm. You know, Ziyong has been improving from tournament to tournament mm, and he aims to make the Paris Olympics cut mm. next year. You know, he has to be in the world top 16 yeah. to make that cut. He's currently world number 28. I don't think he's too far away from bridging that gap. The Olympic uh, qualifiers begins this coming May and he has one year to actually make the cut. And I think, uh, you know, if he maintains this sort of performance, he will eventually uh, make the cut. Mm, for sure. Onwards and upwards for Ziyong. Uh, on to the other man, Shuttler, national number one, Lee Zijia, who you've alluded to a couple of times already. Had a pretty uh, decent run, making it to the semis, only losing out to China's uh, Xi Yu Qi. This, however, uh, Nick, is Zijia's furthest run in five tournaments so far uh, this season, this year. Uh, this has to be um, outing that would, only serve to boost his confidence uh, for the long season ahead. Yes, for sure. Uh, even before this uh, tournament took place, Zijia came out and said that he was in desperate need of getting some confidence back because in his last four tournaments this year, he had crashed out all in the early rounds. Uh, and the last defeat came against a Chinese state Taipei player who was uh, quite low in, in the world rankings. So that was a new low for him and he really needed to prove himself. But the All England has proven a special hunting ground for Zijia. Yeah. You know, since 2020, he's made at the very least the semifinals. In 2020 semifinals, 2021, he obviously won it. Hmm. Uh, even last year, he lost out by a whisker in the semifinals and again this year in the semifinals. So it was a good outing for Zijia, I would have to say. You know, he was consistent right up to the semifinals. 
But when you come up against a top quality player uh, like Shi Yuchi, um, I, I I would say that you know the difference in class, uh, especially in 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 those two matches, in those two games, really stood out. Hmm. Uh, because Zita was leading the first game, he looked like he was going to take the first game all the way through. Uh, but he started making mistakes. He started trying to take more risks. You know, uh, Shiyuki was calm, cool, composed. Um, and he came from behind to take that first game. And then second game was was pretty much, it looked like a customary win for Shiyuki. Hmm. So, uh, a lot of things for Zija to still work on, which is admitted. But it's a good start for him. I would say this All England is is where his season actually starts. Mm, okay. But behind him, uh, Nick, uh, you ha- he had coach Darren Liu, who was, you know, I guess in the interim position over there. Um, it may- really made him look uh, more a more confident shuttler compared to the poor form to start uh, the year. Uh, how much will you attribute this as success to the experience of Darren Liu? Darren Liu as a shuttler has tons of experience. Yeah. You know, he's, he's 35 this year. You know, he's been playing on the professional circuit. I think a good 15 years or, or slightly more uh, now. And as a shuttler, um, I'm sure he has tons of experience that he could impart to Zijia. But from a coaching standpoint, I, I still have my doubts because Darren came into this role as an assistant coach. You know, so he was pretty much working with uh, Zijia's previous coach, which was Indra Vijaya, and just, just being a backup now, suddenly to be trust in this spotlight as as the main coach um, has to... It's a, it's a big step up for Darren. And bear in mind, he's still very much an active player. Yeah, like he played in this tournament. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he lost in the first round, unfortunately. But he's still very much an active player. So, you know, trying to juggle two roles and, you know, at the same time, keeping Zijia's interest in mind as well. It's got to be very challenging. Um, I think... Darren, with time, may become accustomed to it. He will get better with time. But the question is, how much of time does he need? Yeah. Or rather, how much of time does Zijia, you know, um, have to to sort of stick with an interim coach? Now, Zijia has come out and said that Darren is going to be his coach for now. Mm. I personally still think that Zijia needs uh, a more established coach. Uh, no disrespect to Darren whatsoever, but... You know, uh, considering the pedigree that this this Shuttler has, he needs probably someone with more experience. But it's the decision of 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 him at this point. So it remains to be seen um, how this combination would would do well. But I thought on the back of the All England, they're off the good start. Uh, there's way more tougher assignments that is about to come. Uh, the Swiss Open. Yeah. Uh, Swiss Open actually is have, taking place today on Tuesday. That's right. And Zijia is up against the reigning All-England champion, Li <laughs> Shifeng, in the first yeah. round. Yep. So, you know, a big a big, a big, big task for, for Darren and Zijia. And um, yeah, I, 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 I would like to think that, that Darren, you know, just based on this experience that he's had uh, in the last three months at least, uh, that, you know, he would make um, the right analysis uh, and and provide uh, ZJ, especially in crucial stages of mm. of matches. Mm. Hopefully, it all works out. Uh, from the men's singles, Nick, we move to the women's singles, and one pre- one representative from Malaysia here with Go Jin Wei. Uh, this one's a bit sad. She retired from the first round due to stomach cramps. Uh, had and and you know she even had problems even before stepping uh, onto the court. Right, her sports equipment didn't arrive until the eleventh hour, so she couldn't train. Um, this was really not Jin Wei's tournament, was it? 
No, it wasn't. Um, and it, it was really unfortunate because um, I thought Z, uh, Jinwei was doing really well against uh, Yvonne Lee, I think. Uh, That's correct, of Germany, yeah. Um, yeah, and they were in the third game when, when uh, she had to retire. So it was really unfortunate. But uh, Jinwei's health uh, condition is 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 uh, been a recurring theme in her career in the last few years, you know. Uh, badminton fans will remember that she actually went through a stomach procedure, I think, uh, two years ago. And as a result, uh, she's not able to consume three meals a day. She's only able to eat one meal a day. Oh. And uh, and she only can have a meal at the end of the day because if she does have a meal earlier in the day, she gets acid reflux and she ends up throwing up. So despite all these challenges, you know, uh, Jinwei, who had actually retired for a short while and then made a U-turn and decided to come back. Yeah. But she's had to go through this journey you know, of coping with this um, um, health issue and also trying to build uh, her career back up again. So while it was a positive thing to see her back, you know, playing at the highest level at the All England, uh, this was another setback for her. And we can only wish her the best and hope that she comes back stronger and healthier uh, in the next upcoming tournaments. Mm, for sure. Uh, one thing to, to point out here and a uh, com- point of conversation that we have talked about before, Nick, is the lack of national shuttlers in the women's singles discipline especially. Uh, give us a bit uh, the situation on the ground. Why aren't there many after Jinwei stepping up? Simply because we did not, we do not have that many to begin with. The talent pool was already very small um, and then, you know, you had uh, several exodus uh, of players Sonia Chia, who played in the Tokyo Olympics, she retired, yep. but she was also dwindling, you know, her form. And then Eski Sona, once touted as a prodigy, you know, um, Leche's biggest hope, especially after winning the SEA Games back in 2019. She's also been bogged down by various uh, injuries and as a result has now left BAM and is pursuing her career professionally. I would say, besides Jinwei, at this point, there is only one other young Shetler who is promising enough uh, to start making waves on the international stage. And, and this girl goes by the name of Kay Lechana. Lechana is uh, barely 20 years old. She left the BAM setup not too long ago. Um, and she went down the professional route. Um, and um, But she did well, you know. She... Um, she recently won the Uganda International. Uh, even though it's a low-tier tournament, um, she actually defeated quite a well-known Turkish player. Hmm. Um, and, and that victory sort of gave her so much of um, boost and confidence. And BAM actually noticed that. In fact, they were already observing her progress. And now she's been absorbed back again into BAM. So I see big things for Lechana, but she's still young. So uh, we have got to give her time. Hmm. Uh, Besides these two, the rest um, is, is still very much a work in progress, Daryl, mm. if I'm being absolutely honest. Mm. Even the BM coaches have come out and said it. Among all the discipline, the women's singles department is the most depleted. Mm. And in fact, they are planning to go out to the ground you know, and scout for more players to be absorbed into the national team. But this will take time. So for now, you know, we, we just have to hope that Jinwei, Lechana and even Kisuna you know, can step up their game and somehow try and um, I don't know, try and make an impact. Even albeit in, in lower level tournaments, you know, yeah. at least it's a start. Yeah, at least start competing. And like China for Paris Olympics, would that happen? Uh fetch for now. <laughs> but uh, let's see, you never know. You know, you put together a couple of uh, good runs and, and suddenly you're in the mix. Mm-hmm.
Tell Sports journalist Nicholas Arneil as this week we've been reviewing the recently concluded All England held in Birmingham. Coming up on the show, we're going to be talking men's doubles here on Bar None. Stay tuned, only here on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, my name's Daryl and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week on the programme, we've been talking about the Malaysian contingent's performance at the recently concluded All England Tournament. And now we're on to the men's doubles and top pair, Aaron Chia and Sowo Yik, who came into the All England as well number two. They suffered their earliest ever exit in the tournament, going out in the second round. I guess for many fans and critics, it's not so much that they went out, but how they went out, with a pretty tame and uninspiring performance. Sports journalist Nicholas Anil joins us on the program this week. It's been the case uh, for Aaron and Wuyik uh, this whole year. And in fact, I think even um, since winning the World Championships last year, they've somehow been extremely inconsistent and their gameplay sometimes just indicates that they're not a pair that have been playing together for a long time. You know, that the understanding, the chemistry... Uh, doesn't seem to be right, you know, a lot of rookie mistakes and a lot of nervousness in crucial stages. Uh, and going out early in the All England was another example of that. And uh, even BAM have came out and said that a, a lot was expected uh, from, from this pair. Obviously, they are the marquee pair at this point. Yeah. Uh, and there isn't a reason that I would point out uh, to their decline because at, at, mm. at the end, and they've been given everything. They have the best coaches to work with, the best facilities. You know, they, have, they are injury-free. So, it's for me, it's more of a mental thing rather than uh, them not uh, being able to physically match their opponents or anything like that. Yes. Um, they, they did well in one tournament this year. They made the, the India Open final, I think, back in January. But since then, they've been on a decline. And from what I saw at the All England... I don't know when the real uh, Aaron and Wui would show up. Mm. And they are number two simply because of the number of tournaments they've participated in. And they have made at least the quarterfinals, you know, uh, of a lot of these tournaments which they have participated in, mm. which is why they ranked world number two. But yeah. do not take that ranking as an indicator of their quality because as of now they're not even playing like a world top 10 pair and mm. it's really really disheartening because everyone would have thought that winning the world championship uh, last year would only give them confidence and increase their hunger to go on and win more world titles mm. but this pair, apart from that world title have not won a single title on the world tour and that is very very concerning yeah concerning indeed you think Nick it's a case of the opponents figuring uh, them out you know they really showed what they're made of especially at the Tokyo Olympics bronze medal and all but do you think that in the process they have showed their entire hand in terms of strategy and nothing left no, no plan B I don't think so because I've I've seen them play uh, differently against certain opponents. Take for instance again, uh, at the World uh, the World Championships final last year. You know they played the uh, Indonesian pair uh, Asan and and Hendra, mm. and they they went in with a clear game plan, uh, and, and that was to go out and attack the Indonesians because they knew if they start defending, they'd be at risk, and and that strategy paid off, mm. and. 
I, I've seen them, you know, try to 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 play a little bit more of a of a defensive uh, strategy against certain opponents, and they go on the offense against a higher ranked of opponents or mm. opponents which they need to take the game to. So for me, it's not about the opponents figuring them out. Rather, it's from from what I notice, their body language kind of drops. You know, when they start losing momentum, they start losing a few points in succession. It doesn't strike me as you know uh, them having the fortitude to come back and try and earn back those points. Rather, they seem to wilt away, and when they eventually try and decide to put something together, it's always too little, too, too late, mm. and that's the problem, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so BM, they have a, a policy where players would have their competition stint cut off short if they fed poorly uh, in tournaments. So there were talk of, you know, Aaron Chia and so not making it to the Swiss Open which starts today. However, they are in the tournament and this is where they have to really show what they're made of, right? Yeah, definitely. They are seated uh, first uh, at the Swiss Open yep. and, you know, if you if you look at the draw that they had, apart from the All-England where they played uh, the Indonesian pair, um, they have rather favorable draws. You know, they had favorable draw at the German Open. They were mm. seeded first there as well. They lost mm. in the second round. Um, and then the German Open, uh, the All England, sorry, they lost in uh, the first round. And now uh, they're seeded top again. And bear in mind, the Swiss Open is a Super 300 event, so it's not as prestigious as the All England. So not all the world's top pairs are going to be featuring. Mm. So... If there is a moment of redemption it's for Aaron and Wick, yep. it has to be at the Swiss Open. Yep, yep. Um, and I don't want to speak too soon. I just hope that they have found um, their weaknesses and, and and managed to remedy it because they've had at least a week, you know, uh, mm. since being knocked out from the All England. Mm. So let us see. Once again, the spotlight will be on them as the top seeds. You know, they'll be one of the favorites to at least make the final. Um, let's see. Uh, speaking on the other side of a favorable, favorable draw, uh, the other pair, the All England, the other men's doubles at All England, Ong Yu Sin and Tio Yi, uh, they had a pretty unlucky draw. They managed to take down uh, Olympic champions, the Taiwanese, uh, before going out in the second round to the Indonesian All England defending champions. So one <laughs> round one, you're facing Olympic champions. Round two, defending All England champions. Tough draw for these two, but they did well, all things considered. Yeah. They did well. Um, they lost to the Indonesian pair, yes, but um, I thought it was uh, unfortunate. You know, it's just a lapse in concentration at the end uh, in in both games, um, and it ended up with with the defeat. But mm. overall, I think um, they have been consistent in their gameplay. They are a bit more formidable um, in their chemistry with one another. They are a bit more fluid. They are a bit more versatile yeah. uh, and agile. If I were to compare them with Aaron and Bujik, you know, they, they they can transition with one person taking the front court and the other taking the back court kind of seamlessly. And, you know, they just maybe need to tighten up a certain uh, aspects of their game, uh, especially, I think, in their attacks, which could be a little bit more powerful. Hmm. And if they can rectify that, they definitely uh, will make a breakthrough uh, sooner or later. But also bear in mind that uh, Yusin and E are also going through a coaching transitional change uh, because their previous coach is now left for New Zealand Mm. and they are now managed by Rosman Razak. So all things considered, 
consider this perhaps a transitional period but i expect them to you know continue being consistent uh, in events mm, that's for sure that's the men's doubles on now to the women's doubles politan and tinia uh, top national pair failed to make it past the first round uh, they, they, you know they really seem to be improving in form after making it to multiple semifinals so far this year um, however, they got knocked out in the first round. So I really wonder, you know, looking at that French Open last year, you know, they're on the high. How are they ever going to recapture that kind of championship form, you think? Yeah, I spoke to uh, Pearly just before they left for Europe. Yeah. And, you know, I asked her, uh, said, um, there's been a lot of expectations, obviously. What do you think has been the dip in, in form uh, since winning the French Open? And she said that there has been a lot of expectations not only from external parties, but also internally within themselves, that they have to go out and try and win every tournament. Mm. And she later said that this is not the right thing. You know, uh, we cannot put this unnecessary pressure on ourselves. And so we're just now trying to go out and enjoy ourselves and trying to find that that combination that, you know, won us that, that French Open. Obviously, it's yet to come. Um, but I think... Overall, if you look at Pearly and Tina's season, it has been good. Like you mentioned, they've made a couple of semifinals this year. Uh, they lost uh, at the All England opening round, but the opponents, bear in mind, were tough as well. Uh, Japanese pair, mm. whom they beat in, in Germany the week before. So these pairs, when they play each other uh, quite consistently, they sort of figure each other out very fast. And that was the case uh, in, in, in their defeat. Uh, I expect Pali and Tina to bounce back. You know, they they look a little bit more relaxed now when they play, mm. um, playing with lesser pressure as compared to when they just won the French Open. So I expect them to bounce back after this. Mm, hopefully so. Uh, the other pair of veterans, Vivian Ho and Chiu Sin, uh, also went out in the first round to a French pair. Any thoughts about this one? For me, it's a surprise that I keep seeing them, you know, playing in, in these world events because I have never, I hardly see them progress beyond the quarterfinals. So... Um, yeah, uh, the, the bridge between these girls and, and even the top 20 pair is a little bit too far. Okay. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll leave, we leave it at that. Uh, on to the mixed doubles now to round things off, Nick. Um, the mixed doubles also had a lackluster display, unfortunately. Two pairs failed to make it out of the first round, while sixth seed and also sixth in the world, Tan Kian Ming and Lai Peijing uh, went out in the second round. Kian Ming and Peijing now is in danger of dropping down the rankings and more importantly, in danger of not booking a ticket to the Paris Olympics. I think the mixed doubles pair is going through uh, an extremely rough uh, period uh, of, of, of time because if, if, if we look back at some of the performances uh, last year, we would not think that... Uh, this despair are capable of, you know, exiting tournaments at such an early stage. But this has seemed to be the case, especially for this experienced pair. I'm talking about Kianming Beijing and also Siobhan and, and Sun Hua, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been together for a long time uh, and they have been playing consistently in these top-level tournaments. And so for them to be losing at early rounds and not even not even close defeats you know if you look at some of the results it's very uh tame defeats uh, that that costed them uh this early exit mm. and so i'm not sure if it's a if it's a case of a poor form or if it's a case of you know lack of consistent uh coaching time um or you know if there's any issues with regards to their funding or anything like that but somehow 
and it has not worked out for them. If if I look at Tianming and Beijing's uh, performance, especially, you know, they won the Korean Open last year. It, it was big tournament, Korean Open. Yeah. So right after winning that tournament, they crashed out. I think in the early rounds of the next six or seven tournaments, and it got me thinking: How is that possible? You know, a victory is only supposed to propel you, you know, to greater heights. But here, these guys are, you know, playing against opponent which they are expected to beat on paper, and they are not. Hmm. And it it clearly takes a toll on them. You know, uh, Beijing herself has posted up uh, several uh, things on her social media. You know, she's very upset. She's very disappointed. And from her posting, if I read between the lines, I think even she doesn't know. She she can't she can't answer the as to why they have been uh, losing so early. Uh, of all these pairs, only one pair for me at, at this point has a lot of potential, which is the new scratch pair, Chan Tangjie and To Iwe. Yep. You know, this pair they've mm. been paired together late last year. Exciting. Uh, yeah. Exciting pair. They've already won twice. You mm. know, in lower tier tournaments, um, and in big events they've made at least the quarterfinals. Uh, uh, so a lot of positives for uh, Tangjie and also Iwe, but. For the other two experienced pairs, you know, it's back to the drawing board. There is a lot more to be looked at. Mm. But but there is that you know silver lining, Nick, of you know it this discipline being and this category being a there's healthy competition going on. This mixed doubles the way I see it. You know, like you say, Shivon, Sun Huat, Kian Ming, Beijing, and also uh, Tiangji and Yiwei. And only two two of these pairs can make it to the Olympics, right? So these three are just going to be battling out to, you know, twenty twenty four. And I, if anything, the silver lining is healthy competition, right? And it's a stack um, contingent, uh, if, especially if you compare it to something like cough cough women singles, right? <laughs> yes, definitely healthy competition internally. But the bigger picture is, you know, how would they fare against the world's top pairs? Fair enough. You know, mm. If if you're looking at at uh, the likes of Shawan uh, Sunhua, Beijing, and also Kianming, uh, they should being being the world top ten pair. They should be contending for titles. You know, but if you look at the con- competition in the mixed doubles, it's it's also extremely high. You know, Thailand are doing well, Indonesia are doing well. Mm. The Chinese pairs are back. You know, COVID is over, and now they are out, and they are even more fiery and powerful than ever. And then you have the South Koreans and even the European pairs as well. You know they've really stepped up their game. So if you look at the competition as a whole, man, these guys have so much to catch up to. So while they can call themselves top dogs among their peers, for me there is nothing if you cannot, you know, battle against the top guns on the world stage. Fair enough. Good point. Good point. Uh, to finish off, Nick, uh, like we mentioned, to Swiss Open starts today, uh, based on current form, and we mentioned also that it's a Super Three Hundred tournament, so not all the world stars in the commerce will be there. Based on current form, Nick, do you see a medal coming from this tournament? It's difficult to say, Daryl. Um, I think we have maybe a slight shot with Zijia, you know, being the second seed. Uh, if he can beat Li Shifeng, who I think is extremely tired, um, but is is still a very powerful player. If Zijia can win this opening match, Clear he path. might stand a chance. Yeah, 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 he might stand a chance to maybe reach the final where he could play Victor Axelsen a dream final. Um, Aaron and Muik, for me, uh, I, I'd be surprised to see them progress far, uh, just on the back of of their records this year. Uh, Pearly Dina could do well. You know, they could reach the the, the semifinals. So uh, again, 
this this three uh these two pairs and and zija are among the contenders and this names will continue to be the contenders even for the paris olympics so you know we are i think i speak on behalf of malaysian fans when you know we say that a lot of our hopes are banking on 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 the shoulders of hobby shatners to do well now malaysia has not won a single title in the last five tournaments that we've played which is a disastrous record i'm hoping that all of these changes at the swiss open Now, sports journalist Nicholas Anil, as this week we've been reviewing the Malaysian contingent's performance at the recently concluded All England tournament. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's program. If you'd like to revisit the episode, do head over real soon to our website www.pfm.my/barnone. And if you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can tweet us at PFM Radio. My name is Daryl Ong, and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week, only here on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.